Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw. Steps up. Floats a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, coming to you courtesy of CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network, which has 24-7 live coverage of sports and costs you absolutely nothing, 100% free at all times, loaded with the things that I always look for in sports coverage, highlights, breaking news, fantasy advice, gambling picks, although I don't know that they're going to be as good as my brother Craig's, but still useful, and quality analysis. All those things are first rate on the CBS Sports HQ, and they're not something that you get very often from a lot of these big-time sports personalities, <laughs> Skip Bayless. And the best part is, not only is it completely free, 24-7, it doesn't even require a subscription or a login. You just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans, just like you get here on Play Like a Jet, at the great price of absolutely nothing. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. This is Chronicles of Nania, and I am joined by the man who this show is named for. He's an ace writer over at Yard Barker and Odds Checker, plus, of course, you know his work here at TurnOnTheJets.com, Gangrene Nation, and Elite Sports New York. Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, good to have you here, even though you are best known for being a huge disappointment. <laughs> Sounding like Joe Tessitore now, who on Monday Night Football is talking about, oh, Leonard Williams is a huge disappointment for the Jets. Uh, the, the broadcast was almost as bad as that Jets game, I have to say that. Uh, every, everyone talks about it, and I went to the, the, the Browns game, so I didn't have to listen to him. One of the few positives of being at that game, but now I uh, had to mute most of this game. But uh, yeah, the Jets, uh, wow, that was just tough, really tough. It's funny you say that, Michael, because I didn't know about that until you pointed it out, and now I can't stop laughing about it. I just go around referring to everybody 
as a huge disappointment because I'm making fun of Joe Tessitore. The two Jets games that they played on Monday night, I didn't have to listen to him or Anthony McFarland because I was at the stadium. And the rest of the Monday night football games, I'll be honest, I tend to fast forward through commercials. I watch on delay, and so I don't really hear much of the commentary and don't pay any attention to it. But everybody says that the commentary is absolutely dreadful and that it was just as bad as ever on Monday night with Joe Tessitore and Anthony McFarland. I never thought I'd be saying this because a lot of times he really got on my nerves with his effusive quarterback praise. But boy, oh boy, does America need John Gruden back in that Monday night booth, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I like Gruden. A lot of people aren't uh, weren't really big fans of him in the booth, but I, I like him. I, I like guys who have like unique kind of color to the way they call the game. I think Gruden really has that, but also I think Gruden really actually went into depth on the just with his play analysis, and it's a hard thing to do when you're doing it live. We know how in-depth football is and how you know, it could take minutes just to analyze what happened on one play. So to you know instantly see it the first time you're watching it back is a hard thing to do. But but Gruden did it really well, and he brought really good you know just like he does on Hard Knocks and the press conferences with the Raiders uh, he did on Monday night. He he was entertaining and he was also pretty informative. I do miss Gruden. I was a huge Gruden fan. He was a mixed bag, like I said. His effusive quarterback praise. Every quarterback was the greatest quarterback of all time. He is the kind of guy who loves every you know you, you're saying quarterbacks for sure, but kind of every player he's right. really. Uh, he was a backer of. And I think a lot of that is because in his heart of hearts, he realized that at some point he was going to be coaching in the league again and he didn't want to ruffle feathers. So that was irritating. But he certainly is miles ahead of what they've had since. Jason Witten, actually, believe it or not, was even worse than Anthony McFarland. It's hard to believe that that could be a possibility, but it is. So that Monday Night Commentary was absolutely horrible as usual, but it paled in comparison, Michael, to what we saw on the field, particularly from Sam Darnold. And unfortunately, this is a guy that we both believe in and we saw everything he's capable of last week. He did everything that you want from a young quarterback and everything that we saw on Sam Darnold's tape that made us believe in him. But this game, it was the opposite. He did everything that we saw on tape that we didn't want to see from him in the pros and it led to disastrous results. Let's start with this, Michael, and it covers a lot of ground. I've been around to watch a lot of Jets quarterbacks, and there were Jets quarterbacks even before I was watching that were really, really bad. There have been some good ones, but there's also been a ton of really bad quarterback play over the course of Jets history, which is why everybody was so hopeful that Sam Darnold would be that long-term answer that the Jets seemingly haven't had really since Joe Namath. To an extent, you could say Chad Pennington or Ken O'Brien, both were pretty good, but they didn't last the decade plus that, say, Eli Manning did with the Giants. Not that I'm saying Eli Manning is an elite quarterback or anything, but you get the point I'm making. Somebody that could be the answer for this team at quarterback and be at a Pro Bowl level for a decade plus. Plus, the Jets have not had that since Joe Namath. We all believe that Sam Darnold can get there. But in this particular game, he slid backwards to the point where all of the guys that I could now name, all of the terrible quarterbacks, Brooks Bollinger, Greg McElroy, Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, Browning Nagel, and I could go on and on all day with these bad quarterbacks. Sam Darnold was actually worse than all of them, including Luke Falk, by the way. I'll throw him in there too. In the sense that he posted the worst passer rating by a Jets quarterback who qualified under the criteria that you listed, and I'll let you get to this, Michael. 
he had a worse quarterback rating than any Jets quarterback has ever had in a single game. Yeah, and it, it, it's still shocking. It's always going to be shocking. No matter what he turns out to be, the fact that he could come off of his argue, arguably his best game uh, in the NFL and a game that just, in addition to what he did on the field, just completely turned around the entire franchise, took a historically awful offense, a team that's getting blown out weekly and just changed everything on his own, did everything we hoped he would do in that Cowboys game and played amazing football, probably his best in the league to come off of that, then have a game that was not only obviously his worst performance in the NFL in college, probably high school as well, probably the worst game he's ever played, but one of the worst performances in the history of the entire league. And, and like you said, so among, I'll just throw out all the awful stats here and it, I hate to have to do this, but it's just, it was that bad. And, and it wasn't even a game we could really make excuses for him in the offensive line was not good, but it was, it was, they were just unforced errors, just terrible uh, turnovers that you really cannot have. Uh, they weren't tipped passes. They weren't bad routes. Just him throwing passes, to just not even knowing what he's doing. Uh, and then in addition to the interceptions, just his accuracy was off all night. There was one throw late in the game. Robbie Anderson should have had what would have been a long touchdown, had a couple yards separation. Darnold completely missed him. So it was a terrible performance, and the numbers backed that up. So among quarterbacks, like you were mentioning, uh, with at least 30 passes in a game, Darnold had a 3.6 pass rating in that game that's the worst ever by Jets quarterback with at least 30 passes in a game and it's the ninth worst in the history of the league the entire history of the league ninth worst with at least 30 passes in a game and his yards per attempt was also bad which goes back to not just the turnovers but his troubles with accuracy in that game 2.7 yards per pass attempt also the worst ever by Jets quarterback with at least 30 passes 14th worst in the history of the league and the worst since Andy Dalton had 2.6 in a 2014 game and first quarterback under hundred yards. He only threw for 86 in this game. First quarterback under hundred yards and at least four interceptions since Nathan Peterman's uh, obviously notoriously terrible game back in 2017. Donald was the sixth quarterback ever in the first since 1984 with under hundred yards and at least four interceptions on at least 30 passes, but a positive note with that one, there is a positive that comes with it. The only other guy out of those six quarterbacks to have a game like that under 24 years old was Dan Fouts in his rookie season, also at 22 years old. And he went on to have a, a pretty good career, I would say. So, <laughs> uh, so a positive there that there have been most of the guys who've had games this bad have not been good. But it, it's just like we saw with the, with the stats we discussed last week. You can look at his high points and that shows you his ceiling. We talked about last week how he did stuff that only Patrick Mahomes, Tony Romo, Dan Marino uh, guys like that have done their careers. Now he's in the uh, company that you know no one has uh, been as bad as what he just did. Guys like Nathan Peterman, guys like Andy Dalton, who has you know obviously had a solid career. He's been the quarterback for a long time, but ultimately not what you're hoping for Darnold to be. But we kind of see in back-to-back weeks here the ceiling and the floor of what Darnold could be. And obviously he probably won't ever have a game this bad again or really turn out to be this bad in the league. But it just kind of goes to show the highs and lows. This is this was his 16th start in the league, so essentially the end of his first season as a starting quarterback. So we've seen in back-to-back weeks now all the things that can make him great and all the things that you know could lead to him struggling. Just that gunslinger mentality, the turnover prondedness. So you know it, it was it was just shocking to see, but you know the numbers here really just kind of back up how awful it was because it wasn't just bad. It wasn't like the uh, the Browns game last year, the Jaguars game, the Vikings game. It was not even as bad as that Dolphins game Darnold played last year. Because in that game, he did have 
even though he had the interceptions at the end of the game, he had some good plays in that game early on. He did not have any good plays in this game against the Patriots. The only one that comes to mind is, I think it was the fourth quarter, he's rolling out, and it wasn't even a good play. It was just, it stood out because it was a solid play where he did what he was supposed to do. He rolled out, and he, I think it was Bell uh, on a first down, just a short five-yard pass. The fact that that stands out as his best play of the game just kind of uh, sums up how it was. And obviously, uh, the numbers I just gave kind of supports how bad of a performance it was. The turnovers, the accuracy, just the lack of downfield production, all of it just completely, com- completely awful. And like, it comes out of nowhere. So uh, we'll see. And like I said, he's probably – and this is one of the best defenses that the league has ever seen. The Patriots have 18 interceptions and one touchdown. 17 more picks and touchdowns allowed. It's the biggest disparity through seven games in the history of the league. Their passer rating allowed versus league average, the biggest disparity in the history of the league. So this is a really, really good defense that looks like the Patriots are going to cruise to another Super Bowl. But still, this was a really bad performance. So he'll probably never play this bad again. No one might ever play this bad for the Jets again. But uh, there's nowhere to go or nowhere to go but up. But still, it, it really needs to be recognized how bad he played, and he really has uh, a long way to go over the rest of the season to kind of wash out the bad taste uh, left in the mouths of Jets fans and, you know, the entire team after that game. Not to make excuses for Darnold, because obviously this is as bad as you can play, but just to back up what you're saying about the Patriots defense, Tucker Boynton had these numbers. Here are quarterbacks against the Patriots in 2019. 51% completion percentage, 150 yards passing per game, 18 interceptions and one touchdown, a 32.9 passer rating. Michael, a 32.9 passer rating. Now, to even further accentuate what we're talking about here, here are the numbers that these quarterbacks have put up against the Patriots cumulatively as opposed to the numbers that they've put up against everybody else, against the Pats. 55%, 4.7 yards per attempt, 1 to 16 touchdown to interception ratio, and a 34.2 rating. Against everybody else in the league, 64% completion, so that goes from 55 to 64, 2,981 yards, that's 6.9 yards per attempt as opposed to 4.7, 14 to 11 touchdowns to interceptions as opposed to 1 to 16, that's massive, and the biggest jump, of course, from a 34.2 rating to an 82.7. So this is on pace to be a historically great defense, especially against the pass. This is not to excuse Sam Darnold, but you have to imagine it's going to get easier for him from here. Yeah, and like you said, those numbers, and those aren't even good numbers that uh, those quarterbacks have in other games because they haven't played good competition this season. Darnold obviously looks bad now because of that game. Daniel Jones, they played the Dolphins, they played uh, uh, the Redskins, so they haven't really played good competition yet and now their schedule is going to get a little more difficult over these the second half of the season so we'll kind of see how legitimate these numbers are but you know like like i mentioned earlier their passer rating and and because like you mentioned they're giving up as a team a 35.6 passer rating this season and this is the second high the league average passer rating this season is 91.4 slightly lower uh, than the record setting number from last season so passing numbers are obviously at an all-time high so for them to be giving up a passer rating that low is just just incredible. And like I said, it's the biggest disparity versus league average through seven games in the history of the league. So they've been dominant. So, it, it again, not to excuse the way he played because he made a lot of unforced errors and he just simply missed throws that we usually see him make. So not to excuse him, but this is if you're going to have that performance against anybody, that is the team you would expect it 
to happen against because pretty much every quarterback who has played the Patriots this season has looked the same way. So it's not an excuse, but it is. this is a really historically great defense. And again, we'll see how they hold up against better competition going forward. They play the Texans, they play the Ravens, Chiefs, Browns this week, who obviously haven't played well, but are probably better than anyone they've faced so far. But uh, we'll see how they hold up. But so far, they've been incredibly dominant. I want to talk about the offense now, Michael, because obviously they're going to be a key factor in whether or not the Jets are going to be able to get the job done against the Jaguars on Sunday. And if you believe that the Jets are going to be able to get the job done, then you should make a wager on them over at mybookie.ag because if you sign up and use the promo code OVERTIME, they'll match your first deposit. That's right. If you sign up using the promo code OVERTIME, they will double your first deposit. You can bet on the Jets or against the Jets, whatever you're feeling this week. Bet on the rest of the games around the league. Get in on some prop bets like whether or not Sam Darwin it's going to bounce back with a two-touchdown game. Who's going to throw for more passing yards, Sam Darnold or Magna Minshew? Will Tremaine Johnson get benched before halftime? Oh, man, I hope so. All kinds of prop bets you can bet on right now at mybookie.ag. Just use the promo code overtime to get your first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. And if you're gambling on the Jets, you may even want to make a road trip down to Jacksonville to watch this game. I know it sounds crazy based on the way they played against the Patriots, but it is Jacksonville. It's going to be really nice sunny weather. So you may decide that you want to, on a whim, take a flight down there or take a long drive down there, whatever you're feeling. If you're going to do that, you want to make sure that you get decent tickets because who wants to go all the way to Jacksonville and then sit all the way up in the upper deck? And if you want to get good tickets for a reasonable price, Make sure you download the Vivid Seats mobile app right now because if you do that and use the promo code OVERTIME, you can get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Plus, every purchase you make is backed by 100% buyer guarantee, and you'll automatically get enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Plus, even if you don't want to use your discount on the Jets and Jaguars this weekend, you can use it on a wide variety of different events. You can go to a basketball game since it's officially basketball season again now. You can go to a concert. You can go to a wrestling show. Go see one of your favorite comedians at a big arena. Whatever it is you want to do, you'll never miss out on an opportunity to do it if you have the Vivid Seats mobile app. Just head over there right now. Use the promo code OVERTIME on your very first purchase to get up to 100 bucks off. So like I said, let's talk a little offense now. And on offense, if Sam Darnold is going to get on the right track, he's going to want to emulate Tom Brady. Newsflash there, Michael, that somebody would want to emulate Tom Brady. But what I mean is, here's a stat from Tom Brady Facts. It's at TB underscore Facts. Thanks to them for coming up with this one. But over the past 10 games, including the three playoff games last year, the Patriots have had 18 rushing touchdowns from inside the six-yard line. Tom Brady on those 18 drives, 71 of 90. That's 79% for 864 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt, 48 yards per drive. So Brady getting it done and being able to finish drives. We saw that with Sam Darnold for the most part against the Cowboys, but that's something that the Jets have struggled with over the last few years. Tom Brady never has. If Sam Darnold wants to get to that next level, he's going to have to emulate those stats. I'm not saying it has to be exactly as good as Tom Brady because Brady is the greatest of all time, but he's got to get closer to that range if he's going to be that lights-out, top-of-the-league type of quarterback. Yeah, and that's a great point because, you know, passing touchdowns do affect passer rating a lot. It affects fantasy points. It uh, it really plays a huge role in our perception of quarterbacks and how good they are. But, you know, sometimes a quarterback will lead a long drive all the way down the field and it'll end in a rushing touchdown. And like you just mentioned, Patriot, the Patriots do that a ton. They run the ball 
Uh, we've seen year after year running backs, they rotate in and out. Now it's Sony Michelle, it used to be LeGarrette Blunt. They've had a ton of guys who have just racked up rushing touchdowns for them because that's what they do. And it kind of takes away from Tom Brady's numbers because Brady's an all-time great, but you look at his stats, they're not they're they're very, very good. But he usually over the past really in this decade has never been the best quarterback in the league statistically in a single year, but that really undersells him because he's actually playing a lot better than that, but he just doesn't get the passing touchdown numbers because they run the ball so often in the red zone. But like you mentioned, those numbers, his ability to lead those long time consuming drives is, is really valuable. And especially in the jets game there, uh, the Patriots coming out and doing that on the very first drive of the game kind of set the tone for the way the game is going to go. And the Patriots do that a ton. And, and I kind of talked about it on the cool, your jets podcast, uh, with Ben Blessington, the podcast that we've been running, which you should listen to at Turn on the Jets. But I talked about how the Jets need to get off to a fast start because Patriots are not a team that you know you can come back against. We saw t- two years ago the Jets were up 14 nothing against the Pats, uh, and they still blew the lead. So they're a team that if you're going to beat, you have to go up early because you're not going to blow them out. They're always going to get back in the game. But you have to get up on them early and then defend that lead, just kind of fend them off. But if you let them get up early, they're a very, very, very hard team to come back against. So... Their ability to have those long drives, especially early in the game, kind of establish the tone is is really key. And Brady's a huge part of that. Even if he doesn't get rewarded for passing touchdowns so often, and that kind of makes him look like he's declining. He he really isn't because he's still, like you said, uh, leading those really long drives. And that's something the Jets have really struggled to do for a long time. So if Darnold is going to be that good, and and it's a trait that every quarterback has, the ability to lead, uh, just whether it's off of a punt. Uh, where their team is pinned back at their own goal line, whether it's off of a kickoff, just leading those 70-plus-yard drives uh, down the field at, with you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten plays, five-plus minutes. Uh, drives like that really make a huge impact and kind of give the offense a lot of momentum and put their mark on the game, especially early on. And it's a lot harder to make your mark in the game when the opposing pass defense is as lights out as it's been. We've talked in the past about how Stephon Gilmore essentially owns Robbie Anderson. Robbie had one catch for 10 yards in this game. And these stats from ESPN Next Gen, and as much as I give them crap, PFF, because this is one of those cases where this isn't a player grade and it's not subjective. It's just something that you can research. But ESPN Next Gen stats has it that... The Patriots only allow 2.8 yards of separation at the time of arrival, which is number one in the NFL. They've only allowed two pass plays of at least 30 yards, which is the fewest in the league. And then as far as Stephon Gilmore goes, just to put it into perspective, Jalen Ramsey, who just went for two first-rounders and a third, has given up 65-plus receiving yards in coverage in three of his last four games. Want to guess, Michael, what the numbers are with Stephon Gilmore three times in the last how many games? Because with Jalen Ramsey, it's three in the last four. How many do you think it is with Stephon Gilmore that you would be able to get to three? I'll, I'll go with the last two seasons. Three of his last 30. Ah, it's right <laughs> on the mark, kind of. Exactly. That shows you how good Stephon Gilmore has been. And that's why he shuts down Robbie Anderson, because he is the best cornerback in the league. Jalen Ramsey is excellent, don't get me wrong, but Stephon Gilmore is just on another level, as Darrell Revis himself has said. So, Michael, what this shows you, of course, is that a, it's very difficult for any number one receiver, let alone Robbie Anderson, to do much against this Patriots defense. And B, it's hard for anyone to do anything against this Patriots defense because they're not allowing any separation. So again, putting in perspective with Sam Darnold, as bad as he played, there's a reason that so many quarterbacks have been able to do absolutely nothing against this Patriots defense. Yeah, and, and we've said it a ton. All the numbers you just brought up are you know incredible with the way that secondary's played. And that secondary is really the core of it. 
They don't really. They do have Kyle Van Noy, who's been really good, made a big impact against the Jets, but he's their only one like true, very good pass rusher. They create a pass rush really well, but a lot of that comes from Jamie Collins is a really good blitzer. They create it in a lot of different ways. They don't really have uh, other than Van Noy a second guy who's just like you know that edge guy who you have to stop, that interior guy you have to stop. They create it in a lot of unique ways. We saw Sam Darnold destroyed by the blitz in that game. I, I have to give Monday Night Football credit for this one. They did bring up. One really good stat. I think uh, four of all four of Darnold's interceptions in that game were against the Blitz, and before that, he had never thrown an interception against the Blitz. So that actually is an interesting stat, but it goes to show they create their pressure in a lot of different ways, and they're able to be so unique uh, with the way they Blitz because their secondary is just so, so good, and you don't see it that often in the league anymore with the way the rules are, just the way that passing is so favored now, but this secondary is absolutely locked down, and, and like you said, it just completely numbers you brought up really backed that up but you know Robbie Anderson has not had success against Gilmore even before this game in the first four games he played against Gilmore he averaged 14.8 yards per game and 2.8 yards per target so absolutely uh, completely shut down against Stephon Gilmore only two first downs in those four games and obviously he got shut down again in this game and, and you know he's not getting covered by Gilmore the entire game but for much of the game he is, and he gets completely, barely even sees the ball come his way. He's targeted so much. But his numbers in this game, one catch, eight targets, 10 yards. So completely, completely shut down. Uh, and it, it, it's been five games in a row now he's been shut down against Gilmore. But like you said, Gilmore shuts down pretty much everybody. So, you know, the Jets, it was an awful performance, inexcusable. But this is the one team that, you know, kind of has every opponent they play, uh, having that team's fans come out of the game thinking they played inexcusably this season so uh th- this is the one team that's kind of been doing this to everybody but at the same time still uh, uh very bad production from the uh, entire offense in that game okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I want to shift gears a little bit, Michael, to Adam Gase. And I touched on this a little bit yesterday with Manish. But Chase Stewart, from Pro Football Perspective, had a really interesting look inside Adam Gase's coaching tenure, both with the Dolphins and now with the Jets, but mostly with the Dolphins so far. And I thought this was telling, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. In the 55 games that Adam Gase has coached thus far as a head coach in the NFL, he's lost 24 by double digits. He's won 21 by 1-9 to points. He's lost 7 by 1-9 to points, and he's won only 3 by double digits. So what this means is that 
Gase's teams are eking out close wins, mostly against bad teams. They're getting blown out by the better teams, and they're barely ever winning by more than a slight margin. So what this tells me, Michael, and I want to open this up to you because this is really more your domain, is that this is kind of like that sphinx within a riddle that we saw in 2013 with that weird Jets team that we all expected to be terrible, and they were bad. They just happened to win more games than everybody expected because they won all these close games against bad teams, and then they got blown out every time they played somebody good. And the next year, everybody went in with higher expectations than they probably should have because the idea was, well, they went 8-8 eight eight with a rookie quarterback. Geno could be better this year. They made some improvements. Of course, they're going to be better than 8-8. Eight and, eight. and the bottom fell out, and they ended up being 4-12 and 12 because that's really where they were the year before. They just overachieved based on a lot of random luck. And it seems like Adam Gase's career as a head coach has followed that pattern a lot. And I know that it's a relatively big sample size, so you would think, okay, this would be weird if it was just a lot of luck, but sometimes that happens. But if you look at the trend, what this indicates to me is that at some point, and it could be this season, the bottom is going to fall out and he's going to stop getting lucky. Yeah, and, and we talked about it a lot as one of the positive things with Gase was the fact that he won a lot of close games uh, with the Dolphins. He had the best record in one-score games while he was with them over his three years there, and it, it's one of those things that's really hard to kind of decide. You know, it, it's kind of like clutch play, too, like whether you're talking about basketball, a guy who shoots well or doesn't shoot well in clutch situations, or baseball, a guy who hits with runners in scoring position or doesn't, or football, a quarterback who's good in the fourth or not good in the fourth is is he just randomly not playing as well in the fourth or is he actually affected by clutch play? And then in the case of Adam Gase, is he actually doing something right to make his teams win these close games or is he just extremely lucky? And, you know, like you said, the Dolphins uh, weren't that good. Like that 2013 Jets team, they had the sixth worst scoring margin in the league that season, which is, you know, actually a little bit better than we kind of thought they would be. Uh, that seemed like it could be the worst team in the league, but they did turn out to be pretty bad. They had the sixth worst scoring margin in the league, but they went 500. So they were... Uh, an average team in terms of win-loss because they got destroyed by teams. When they won games, they were eking out in, in ridiculous ways a lot of the time, especially that game against the Patriots with the field goal penalty nonsense. So games they were winning games like that, but then they would go and play other teams and they would get completely dismantled. So that's kind of the story with Gase's Dolphins, and that's how you laid it out. He has barely, barely ever blown out. And going at back mostly with his Dolphins tenure, but also these games with the Jets, rarely blows anybody out. When he does, it's a bad team. Uh, always w wins the close games very often, but then when he's not winning, he's usually getting blown out, rarely loses close games. So uh, it's one of those things that's hard to actually see uh, if it's luck or if it's skill. But one of the, one of the reasons that I kind of thought it might be skill was you go back and look at all the quarterbacks he's coached, even before he's with the Dolphins, Peyton Manning with the Broncos, Tebow with the Broncos, uh, he was an, uh, part of the coaching staff there when he was quarterbacking and all the other quarterbacks. Uh, he's been a big part of coaching as an assistant uh, while he's been in the league. All those guys had a winning record in close games uh, under Adam Gason. I believe all of them had a better record in close games with him than without him, uh, except one of them. I forget who it was, but uh, going back to all of his quarterbacks, he had uh, success in close games as a coordinator, quarterbacks coach, offensive assistant. So that kind of seemed like it could be uh, something he could rely on, but and, and we haven't seen too much of, we've only seen him play two close games with the Jets. He's won one, lost one, so can't really take much from that. Uh, obviously, you need to see a lot more games than that to kind of deduce if he's going to continue that with the Jets. But the bigger problem is the fact that uh, he's getting blown out so much. And that's what the huge issue is. Uh, because if you're, if you're going to be good in those close games, you've got to play a lot of close games to actually 
uh, let that ability manifest itself and have a lot of value. So if you're getting blown out half the time, that close game value doesn't really matter all that much. And that's what we saw at the Dolphins the last two years uh, when they only won 13 games over his last two years there. So uh, really the thing the Dolphins was the fact that you look at his three years there. He finished 23 and 25, 10 games the first year, I believe. Uh, six and seven the last two years. I think, yeah, seven last season, six in uh, 2017. or uh, Yeah, six in 2017, seven last year. So almost 500, but their point differential over that span, I believe, was uh, bottom five in the league. So similar to that 2013 Jets team, winning like they're an average team, but actually performing like they're one of the worst teams in the league. And that close game luck was a huge part of that. And like you said, uh, if that isn't uh, a legitimate skill, because you look at the Patriots, the Patriots are a team that obviously they're above the league and everything they've done under Bill Belichick, but their winning close games is legitimate. They've done it throughout the entirety of the time Bill Belichick has been there. They've won road games throughout the times he's been there. They won at home better than anyone else. Everything they do, they better they do it better than everyone else because they are legitimately better at doing these things than other people are. It's not like they've been lucky. So uh, with the Dolphins, for Gase, and his close game record, the only guy that was kind of close to him over those last three years was Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So uh, if that's not a skill, which you know most likely it's not, just given the way that uh, Gase's teams have looked uh, overall uh, with the Dolphins, now with the Jets, uh, it seems like eventually those numbers are going to balance out and uh, this could be the year it's happening. And again, we haven't seen enough close games for uh, to really know if that luck is going to balance out or not. They lost the Bills game. Darnold obviously was dealing with Mono in that game. Then they hung on to win the Cowboys game, but only two games. So it'll be interesting to see over the rest of the season. Uh, no, obviously the Jets have to play a lot better to actually you know be in these games and have a chance to win close games. But it'll be interesting to see if that bounces out or not. But really the big worrying thing is just the amount of times he gets blown out and that that's really a bad sign uh and it goes to show that he probably is getting lucky at these close games but really the overall point is that uh you know his Dolphins record looked a lot better than his teams actually performed whether that's on him or on the talent of the team that's another discussion that you can't really you know come up with a conclusive answer to and it, it, it's really a hard thing to analyze whether it's skill whether it's luck winning these close games and just is is the question, and, and we asked this a lot in the offseason with Ryan Tanhill, was Gase the reason he didn't develop, or did Ryan Tanhill just not being good hold back Adam Gase's teams? And then with him winning, uh, going 23 and 25, almost 500 in those three seasons, is that a testament to Gase making a bad team look a lot better, or did he just get lucky that his team, uh, he actually coached a really bad team, coached really poorly, should have not won that many games, but he just got lucky and won a lot of games. So uh, it's a really tough thing to quantify, but uh, his numbers in close games have been really good. Uh, he's gotten blown out a lot. And so far, those things have pretty much continued with the Jets. Four out of six games, they've gotten blown out, uh, which is really, really bad. So uh, for, for Gase, if he's going to be the answer for this team, those are the things you want to see over the rest of the season. And it, it goes without saying, you want to see him win. But uh, just to get not get blown out, uh, hopefully not get blown out anymore the rest of the season. But getting those blowouts down is a huge thing for him because He's been blown out just as much as any other team in the league, even though his record doesn't quite look like that because he was decent, close to 500, the Dolphins. Uh, he's been blown out a lot, and that obviously can't happen. And just to back this up a little bit, Chase Stewart also had this, and I thought it was interesting because it continues on this theme. Over his last 24 games prior to the Monday night game against the Patriots, Gase's teams had been outscored by an average of 8.5 points per game. So 
even in the games he's winning, he's winning by a low margin. So it's balanced out by the fact that he's losing his games by a pretty hefty margin for the most part. So it's really a fascinating look at Adam Gase's overall record as a head coach because it takes you inside the wins and losses a lot of times Michael you'll look at somebody and say oh he had a winning record as a coach he had a losing record as a coach but as you and I say raw numbers never tell the full story you always got to dig deeper and this really tells you a lot about how Adam Gase's teams have done in these games it's been a lot of close squeaky wins and a lot of blowout losses And the problem, of course, Michael, is that you don't know for sure whether it was a lack of talent that led to those blowout losses or if it was a lot of luck involved and the fact that perhaps Gase himself made coaching decisions that helped lead to a lot of those blowouts, right? Yeah, it's really hard and almost impossible just completely come up with a conclusive answer. But even when you look at the Dolphins last season, just the amount of crazy games that they won, the, the ridiculous Miami miracle against the Patriots, they barely held off the Jets after winning 20 nothing. Jets almost came back into that game, probably would have come back into that game if not for a few dropped passes. Uh, and, and you just look at it. They won their first three games last year, each game by one score. Then they lost two games by double digits, won in overtime against the Bears on a game that they were a yard away from. And, and this is just kind of when you look at post-game record, why it can be so fluky. They beat the Bears last season, that overtime game. After, uh, I believe it was in the fourth quarter, they threw a Hail Mary pass that came up like one yard short or uh, either in, uh, fourth quarter or overtime, forget what it was, but they threw a Hail Mary pass that came up like one yard short uh, before time ran out. So stuff like that, we were like literally inches away, just uh, the ball landing in the end zone and resulting in a win or a loss completely changes the perception of the team. Then after that game, they lose two games by more than one score. They hold off the Jets in a game where Sam Darnold was terrible then they lose two more games by one score. So uh, it, it, it's a really hard thing to quantify. And, you know, when you hire Adam Gase, you're hoping oh, – the, the hope that when you hire him, the positive angle that we took was that, okay, he made a team that was lacking talent, had a bad quarterback, had a lot of injuries at quarterback. He took that team, brought them to the playoffs in their first season, and overall had a 500 record over his three seasons there, brought them into week 15 last season with, the playoff, with an opportunity at the playoffs – Hopefully he's that guy who's you know making a team that is not performing well better. You hope that that point differential is an indication of the talent and the win-loss record is an indication of his coaching ability. But at the same time, it could also be the other way around, just uh, a simple fact of the matter. He had a losing record as a coach, He and he brought them to be, just in terms of uh, the point differential, one of the worst teams in the league, but he just got lucky because of some fluky occurrences to actually look like, through his win-loss, not as bad as his point differential. Uh, point differential was so uh, it ha- it happens both ways we see a lot of times we see we see teams that are actually pretty good look a lot worse on the win loss record or co- coaches and teams that are pretty good and do a good job look worse on the win loss because of fluky things that go against them and we see te- uh, coaches and teams who play bad coach poorly and look better in the win loss uh, because of some of the things that happen just the uh, the teeter-tottering little things that like like I said the touchdown with the Bears the game uh, the miracle against the Patriots little things like that one play that dictates games uh, those things either going against them or for them uh, at a really good frequency so it, it's tough with Gase we hoped that uh, it was you know he made the Dolphins look better than they really were but uh, with the way things are going so far it's starting to look like that you know he was just you know quite simply a bad coach who benefited uh, from some things going his way, making him look better. But there's there's a lot of time left in the season. Uh, obviously, the soft stretch uh, the soft stretch of the schedule is coming up. But 
Uh, things are not looking too good so far, especially with the four blowouts in six games going directly in line with what he struggled with uh, when he was in Miami. Not a good sign, but there there is more than half of the season left, so we'll see if uh, what he can do to kind of go against uh, and just, just prove he can turn around some of the trends that have plagued him uh, over his now fourth year as a head coach in the league. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. They say that baseball is a game of inches, and it is. But so is football in a lot of ways, because if you go back to 2015, if Kembrell Tompkins is able to come up with that catch against the Buffalo Bills in that Week 17 matchup, the Jets win that game, they get 11 wins, they go to the playoffs, and who knows what happens from there. And then Todd Bowles is 10 years off to a nice start going to the playoffs his first year, the same way that Adam Gase's was the following year, his first year with the Dolphins, where a big part of the reason why they were able to get enough wins to get into the playoffs is because one of the games that they played in, the opposing field goal kicker missed a chip shot that would have given the Dolphins a loss and later in the season sent them home instead of going to the playoffs. So it's little stuff like that. If you want to go back in Jets history, another example, back in 2000, John Hall missed a 35-yard kick at home that would have given the Jets a victory over the Detroit Lions and ultimately would have put them into the playoffs. They would have been 10-6 and six instead of 9-7. and seven. The following year, John Hall made a really long kick from 50-plus yards on the road against the Raiders to give the Jets a game that would put them into the playoffs. So the luck of having him miss a chip shot one year in one game and then make a really long kick under much more difficult circumstances the following year was the difference between Al Groh not taking the Jets to the playoffs in 2000 and Herman Edwards taking the Jets to the playoffs in 2001. And that really is the difference between Adam Gase's Miami Dolphins in 2016 and Todd Bowles' New York Jets in 2015. Over the rest of this season, we're going to find out a lot more about whether or not Adam Gase is just somebody that's been kissed by luck or whether or not, as you said, Michael, a lot of these close victories are partially a product of good coaching on his end and knowing how to get through these tough, close games and grind them out. But if he's going to do that, he's going to need some help from his field goal kicker. We haven't seen a ton from Sam Ficken yet because when you're not scoring points, it's hard to miss field goals or make field goals, right? It's hard to do anything with extra points either. But one guy that we know now that Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase were united on and they were correct about, or it sure seems that way, is our old friend Jason Myers. And I wanted to end the show 
talking about him because Michael, if you recall, this became a funny recurring theme and I used to bring it up just as a joke, but before the season last year, you were really upset that the Jets had brought in Jason Myers because he'd been a career journeyman, he hadn't done very well, and you were hoping for somebody better. Myers, of course, went out there and had a Pro Bowl season and then he went and got paid by Seattle and a lot of people were criticizing the Jets and saying that they made the wrong move in letting Jason Myers go that they should have paid him. You stuck to your guns and said that even though Myers had outpaced all predictions for what he would do with the Jets in the 2018 season, it would be silly to bet on an outlier season this late in his career and so it made sense for the Jets to let him go. I agreed with you. I was fine with letting him go, but I think we both agreed that the Jets did a poor job of finding a replacement. It's like they didn't care about the kicker position. They rolled with Chandler Canizero, who was terrible the first time he was here, and admitted that he didn't even really want to come back, but nobody else wanted him. Then he left, and they had no plan after that. We hope that Ficken ends up being a decent Band-Aid solution, but it is looking like one of Mike McCagden's last decisions, and one that he agreed with Adam Gase on, which was letting Jason Myers go for bigger money to Seattle, was the right call. Yeah, and Myers proved me wrong last season, and in, uh, in a big way. You know, after having a being a pretty really struggling over his first few seasons, league extra points, field goals, especially in clutch situations, came in last season and was absolutely phenomenal. He only missed three field goals all season. Uh, he had a really good season, and especially from distance, and that's what made his season really good last year because he he kicked at a really high percentage, but a lot of his kicks were from deep. His average attempt was among the deepest in the league, so he had a really good season last year. Proved me wrong, but I still was not convinced that he was it was going to be smart to bring him back for a second season, and it turns out he goes to Seattle, and he's already missed three field goals, matching his total from last season, and they were, they were deep attempts. I believe they were 58, 53, and 48 that he's missed from, but those are the kicks he's making for the Jets last season. You know, like I said, his average attempt was pretty deep last season, but he's making those kicks with really good consistency, but it, it kind of continues the fact that he was tailing off at the beginning of last season. He missed uh, he missed kicks in the Packers and the Texans game uh, games last season, both uh, two games that were one-score losses for the Jets. So he was, may- maybe he kind of got complacent after the Pro Bowl nod. Now he's got the contract. I don't know. Maybe he's kind of mailing it in a little bit. But, you know, he hasn't been terrible, but he has missed three kicks already, which is the same amount that he missed last season. So predictably, and, you know, if you uh, looked at over the course of history, what kickers who have had similar breakouts have done, if you just, uh, you know, kind of stay true to what his numbers were before coming to, coming to the Jets, then uh, it would seem pretty, not obvious, but very likely that, regression was going to come for him and it seems like it has he hasn't been a complete liability like I said his misses were pretty deep but he has already missed in less than half the season as many kicks as he did last season and he has he has missed one extra point he's kicked a lot of extra points because the Seahawks score a lot of touchdowns uh score a lot of touchdowns which is something the Jets do not do a lot of but he has missed an extra point already has already missed three field goals which matches his season uh, matches his total from last season so Looks like the Jets, uh, and we'll see what Sam Ficken does, but it does look like the Jets were smart uh, not to invest in him because, you know, regression was likely if uh, you just, it, it doesn't take a lot of research. Just look at other kicks, uh, other kickers who have had similar breakout seasons and uh, had had regression kind of like Myers is having right now. Just uh, looking at Myers, who was uh, one of the worst kickers in the league, first three seasons of the year, had a breakout year last season, and uh, just to kind of expect that he wasn't going to be able to keep uh, keep that up. But also the other guy who made the uh, the Pro Bowl as a special teamer for the Jets last season also was an All-Pro, Andre Roberts. He hasn't been doing uh, much of anything for the Bills. I believe he's only averaging about five yards of punt return after leading the league in punt return average last season. I think 
Uh, half his returns have been for five yards or less. So uh, both of those guys' re uh, regression was pretty, uh, very likely to happen, and the Jets were smart to let both of them go. And and like you said, the the plan a kicker after uh, after letting Myers go that was the issue. Uh, now they have Thicken. We'll see how good he is. He hasn't obviously had too many opportunities to prove how good he is so far. Uh, we'll see how good he does, but it was a plan after Myers. That's the real problem. Letting him go was smart, and it seems like they're getting proven right uh, with that decision. But the process afterwards was uh, that was the issue with uh, the whole kicker situation. And for returner too, they haven't gotten much out of returner with the guys they've uh, replaced Andre Roberts with. Braxton Berrios has already lost a, a muffed a punt away, which Roberts did not do last season and has not done this season. But uh, Roberts has not been. Uh, as productive as he was last season. And that, that was really predictable, uh, even more predictable than kicker. If you look back at uh, guys uh, who have led the league in punt return average, most of them really, really regressed the next season. And that's what Roberts is doing. So both these guys, uh, special teams is a really small sample size. Uh, it's a small sample size thing. You return one punt for 99 yards. It makes your whole season look good, even if you do nothing else. After that, uh, you know, you only kick uh, about 30 times in a season. You look in baseball, how many times do guys have uh, you know, 30 at bat stretches, which is like, you know, six, seven games in which they go, you know, 15 for 30, go 500 over a week long stretch. But then after that, they'll miss all the, you know, they'll have an 0 for 30 stretch. And that can happen with kickers too, not to that extent. But no, it's just the fact that special teams is small sample size. So you have two guys who weren't, you know, weren't very good players before coming to the Jets, had, you know, outlier good seasons and predictably they've regressed. So it seems like the Jets uh, made the good, uh, made the right decision letting those guys go. Don't bet on outlier seasons from aging players. It's generally not going to work out well. That is something that Michael was harping on before Jason Myers and Andre Roberts left. He was saying that the Jets would be foolish to invest heavily in both of those guys, and it seems like he was 100% correct there. And the odds are always going to be in Michael's favor on that. And that's why we do this show, because this helps you understand better where he's coming from with his numbers. Michael, as always, thanks so much for coming on for the Chronicles. A fun time, as always. I know that you've got Cool Your Jets coming up later this week. And we always joke about how this show is SmackDown and Cool Your Jets is Raw, because Cool Your Jets is a little bit longer and it's more freewheeling and there's more stuff happening. This is more narrowly focused to specifically the numbers. So what do you and Ben have planned for Cool Your Jets later this week? And also, what do you have up right now at Odds Checker and Yard Barker? Yeah, so uh, we're, we are planning to get an episode of Cool Your Jets out later this week. Anyone who follows the podcast probably knows that our scheduling is all over the place with that one each week. We're trying trying to nail, nail it down a little bit more, but uh, hopefully we get to that. Uh, we should be getting to it. Uh, sooner this week definitely a lot to talk about with this game hopefully we could mourn a little bit about this Patriots loss but also move on kind of you know go with the name of the show cool our jets a little bit and just uh, get some optimism going for the future so uh, that's always a theme we're always doing that trying to keep it as uh, as positive as possible as optimistic as possible so hopefully doing that going forward and you know you mentioned the endless list of sites that I'm writing for uh, really across all the sites and you know they're all I uh, retweet all the links to my stuff on my Twitter page but uh, lots of good stuff coming out, uh, plenty of Jets stuff, uh, just recapping all, all the numbers that we talk about on here, all the ones that I tweet out uh, on Twitter, just going all going into all of those in a lot of depth across all those different sites, just taking a bunch of different angles uh, into the numbers, and also some non-number stuff, which I like to do uh, now and then. So uh, the Jets are not in a, the best of spots right now, which is crazy to say after what happened one week ago, but uh, that doesn't mean that the... Uh, that doesn't mean the analysis stops. Still plenty to talk about. And uh, we got 10 games left over over four, uh, less than 40% of the season we're through. 
uh, to this point. So still a lot of football left to be played. And uh, I'm interested to see how Sam Darnold bounces back against the Jaguars next weekend. This is where that soft spot, uh, soft spot of the schedule comes in. You know, e- even before all the nonsense happened, even before the mono, even before just all the injuries, it, it kind of seemed like the Jets might uh, pot- pot- potentially start the season one and five with the teams they were playing over those first six games. Here they are at one and five out of those first six. Playoff chances are pretty much out the window unless they could pull uh, 2018 Colts or 2015 Chiefs. But uh, this is where that soft spot of the schedule comes in. They don't play a team that currently has a winning record until they play Baltimore in week 15 and only them and the Bills uh, in week 17, the only winning teams currently uh, left on their schedule. So this is where that soft spot comes in, seven straight games against teams that don't have a winning record. So uh, if they're going to make some noise and, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, just build some confidence going forward, especially for Sam Darnold. This is the uh, part of the schedule uh, where it's got to happen. And it starts with the Jaguars on the road, uh, a team that is a, a decent team that, that has done. They're undefeated against teams with losing records this year, winless against teams uh, with winning records this year. So it's a t- the, the Jaguars are probably the toughest team of the seven-game stretch, but this does start uh, this uh, this part of the schedule here that we were looking forward to. Uh, the Jets potentially making some noise before the season. So interested, uh, really intrigued to see what the Jets do. Even after this loss, uh, I think there is. I think the Jets are going to pick up some wins. And uh, but the the quality of those wins is what matters. We'll see if Sam Darnold could bounce back. But uh, really interesting stretch of the season coming up. Going to be a very interesting stretch of the season indeed, beginning in Jacksonville on Sunday. This is where the Jets could finish strong and give us hope for the 2020 season, or things could fall apart and get real ugly real quick. This will be the first step in determining which direction the Jets will go. In the meantime, Michael has a ton of content up at a bunch of different sites, as you heard him just say. And he's got a new episode of Cool Your Jets with Ben Blessington coming out later this week. So make sure you're following him on Twitter at Michael underscore Nannius so that you can keep up with everything he's doing. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.